This is a Hot Pie Media original. I love you, <laughs> Amy Edwards. I love you, Justin. You ready for this? Yeah. This is going to be a great episode. We've had a lot of great guests, incredible guests. This is our first, I guess we'd call it a solo cast, but you, my lovely bride-to-be, <laughs> not officially engaged yet, but my future wife, I think this is going to be one of the most fun episodes. I'm excited for you to share this because I haven't seen you look this happy since I've known you. And you've looked pretty happy at times, but this was like you staring off into space with your eyes like lit up. I mean, and I was like, whoa, you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got something to celebrate. Mm -hmm. An incredible thing to celebrate. Maybe we'll just get right into it. I think we should. It's a big fight. step for Fight for the Forgotten. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> fight for the Forgotten is starting to plan and build. And we have a big portion of the initial funding to build our first actual real deal hospital. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy about it. Tell people why this is such a crucial thing for Fight for the Forgotten. 10 years ago, I was introduced to my pygmy family that adopted me in, named me Efeosa Mabutimangbo. <laughs> Sorry if that was too loud, was but that's, loud. How, that's how you have to say it for it to make sense. And Efeosa means the man who loves us. And I love and I cherish that name. I treasure it. And everybody else calls me Mabutimangbo, meaning uh, the big pygmy. It's what my name is on Instagram. I change it from the Viking to the big pygmy. It was an opportunity to give them a voice. You know, Fight for the Forgotten, we started because we want to defend the weak. We want to love the unloved or those that feel unloved and to empower the voiceless, give a voice to the voiceless. And the pygmy people, and this isn't going to be all about them. This episode is going to relate to you, how to, how to find your purpose, pursue that purpose with passion, how to leave a legacy, which isn't even for you. It's for this world. It's a gift. It's a gift that you get to give not only yourself, but this world, your family, your friends, your community. And if you have breath in your lungs, a beating heart in your chest, you truly have overcome a hundred percent of your darkest days. That's been part of my story. One of the darkest days I've ever had was burying a little boy named Andy Bo. And this hospital is going to be in honor of him. He died when the pills that would have cured him were $1 and it was too late in the game for that. But his mom, the first time she took him was trying to get the pills and they told him, you're where was that? Was that, that was in Congo? In Congo. I thought so. Yeah. And we want to build a hospital in Congo. Mm -hmm. We'll get there. But right now we're starting in Uganda because it's safe. Yes. Uh, when uh, our last, uh, you know, this was just last week. I was telling you about it when, when my good friend went out to check the water wells, and to, you know, see if they need maintenance, check to make sure, do water testing, make sure that the water is safe and clean. Uh, 15 villages were attacked by a, a terrible, terrible rebel group. People were killed, raped, things were looted, things oh. were set on fire. And so just the security right now, we, we need to let things die down there before we try to build something that's so nice that could crumble, you know, could be taken from them. Yeah. 
And so Andy Bo was told his mom who lost her husband and her other son. So now she was left all alone that she uh, was too dirty to come into the medical clinic. Discrimination against uh, the Mobuti Pygmy tribes just because of who they were. And it was $3 for the cure that, that the one shot cure they 85 or more people in this village begged. Uh, they collected three and a half dollars of Congolese franc. They collected a chicken, about two dozen eggs, maybe at least more than a dozen, uh, charcoal, a bag of charcoal that weighs about a hundred, 120 pounds. It's big. It's as tall as they are. And you know, they're shorter, but it's still a tall bag of, uh, their average heights, only four foot six, four foot seven on average. And the doctor said, we won't waste our medicine on a pygmy animal. I was cupping the back of Anibo's head, uh, holding his little hand. His mom's hand was below my hand, cupping her son's head and holding his other hand whenever blood came out of his ears. And, uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That was awful. It was, uh, brutal. And, um, that changed everything for me. That was my introduction in the water crisis. It was my introduction into slavery. That was my introduction into poverty and how the major. if you're listening to this, I really hope you'll take a moment and realize how fortunate, how blessed you are to have this smartphone or computer. If you're watching on YouTube, whatever it is, you, uh, if you ha- like, if you have food in your fridge, you are already richer than more than 75% of this world. Three billion people on this planet, up to four billion, are just fighting to survive today. Today. So take a moment and be grateful. Don't take that for granted. You might have bills. You might have debt. You might have a terrible boss. You might have some family struggles. Those things are very real but you're probably not fighting daily to survive, to have food, to have clean water, to have an opportunity at an education at all. And so when Andy Bo died, you know, I was presented with a choice. Like, am I going to do something or do nothing? And I was only an MMA fighter didn't really ever have a real job besides fighting professionally on some of the biggest stages in the world, but I didn't know how to drill water wells. I didn't know how to buy land. I didn't know how to start farms. I didn't know how to build homes. I didn't, all I knew was I got to do something and the chief. So I'll back up a little bit because it was over $30 for the casket and the shovel to bury him. $3 for the one shot cure over 10 times the price and I had blisters on my hands digging his grave because I thought if I'm really the man that loves them, that's who they see me as. This isn't to give me props, but it's to, to, to tell the history and the story and like share where fight for the forgotten came from, why we started this podcast to also give back to them and here stateside too. But I thought if I'm going to earn that name, I was given that name, but if I'm going to deserve that name, what would I do? And I'm big and I'm strong and they're mourning 
And his mom looked like a skeleton with skin on it. could count every rib down her sternum. And I thought, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. So I had blisters on my hands digging that grave because that dirt was not easy to move. And uh, I just remember crying while doing it and thinking like, I don't know, like, hey, little buddy, I, 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 we're going to do something in your honor, you know? So the water wells, 80 water wells now, uh, serving over 60,000 people, all started because of this little boy's life. Should he have died? No. Um, but can we do something that's the right thing to try to help him, his tribe, or his family, and other little children that are that are coming in his wake. I've been to five funerals of kiddos under the age of five. Mm -mm. And um, I've never been to one and I don't And you don't want, want to. to. Yeah, no one wants to. Mm -mm. And, uh, but, so one of the things the chief said and why I changed my name to the Big Pygmy over here is because the chief said, everyone else calls us the forest people, but we call ourselves the forgotten people. We call ourselves the forgotten. And I was there with two friends that also went on this first trip with me. And he, he said, he said, we don't have a voice. And he motioned at me with his whole hand and said, can you help us have one? And I was like, whoa. And I'd already told uh, Caleb and Colin that day, I can't promise land or water, or food. I can't promise anything they need. Um, and I was like, but. If, if they give me something I can do, I'll say yes. Same day. He says, can you help us have a voice? We don't have one. And I said yes, but I think everything in me probably screamed yes. My soul, my heart was like, yes. <laughs> Your inner voice is like. Yeah, my inner voice was like, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because, you know, I had friends like Joe Rogan or I had of platform and fighting where I had tens of thousands of people on social media and like finally, instead of just fighting against people, I can fight for people. And this was my opportunity. And I could say yes to that because listen, I, I just preface it with, I had this platform and these friends, right? But what people need to understand is that you have a voice I mean, that's your calling, Amy. Can you speak to that a little bit? No, I, I anybody I, in America with free speech, like you have a voice, right? I love hearing you say that. Oh. It means a lot to me because that's uh, how my life has fit together. And I'm like, oh, it's about my voice. It's about inspiring others to use their voices because we all have a very unique story that's only ours. No one else has your story. Yeah. And so overcome the fear around. Mm speaking yeah. your truth. Mm. That's a big part of it because you could have easily been like, Oh no, everybody's going to like, what if they judge me? Yeah. What if this hurts my fighting career? Yeah. What if I'm not accepted in some way? You know, there's all these little fears I think that can crop up around using our voice yeah. for something that speaks to our soul and our yeah. inner voice. Instead you were willing to, not listen to those fears that are just the lying voices and instead really lean into, all right, fine, I'm going to do the right thing and use my voice for something bigger than myself, mm. my story and 
their story. Lifting and amplifying their story. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, there's more history that we can share, but I do want to get into, we're not just building a hospital or this or that, like a little medical clinic. I want to talk about our last weekend real fast because it was incredible. Well, you were were already thinking about this hospital. Yes. Yeah. I was already thinking about it. And we had Jared Padalecki on the show. Mm -hmm. Jared is really awesome, dude. If you didn't watch that episode, watch it and know that he's a real deal. He shared some stuff in there he's never shared publicly. And I think it was brave. It was bold. And the feedback I was getting in my DMs, you too, like it really helped a lot of people. So if you haven't heard that episode, please go listen to, I think, episode three yeah. with Jared Padalecki. And he'll be back. He'll be back. Mm-hmm. He's, He's an awesome a friend of the show now. He's a friend of the show. Uh, we just went to a comedy show with him last week. And uh-huh. uh, he connected me with Michelle, who was awesome, who helps him. So awesome. And Michelle connected me to Jennifer, who's connected to Random Max. And Jennifer connected <laughs> That's always me how it goes. It's like this to, one connects to that one, yeah. connects to that one. And the domino started from Jared being on the show. Mm-hmm. Jared has donated three or four times since to fight. Since, and it's been like literally like a, a month. month. Yeah. It seems like every week he's like, I got another donation for you. Uh, we actually just got a 5,000. I don't need to put a number on, number on it, but. They were asking him at the CW for Walker, Texas Ranger to do an interview, a bunch of interviews, actually, I think. And, and he said, no, I don't really have time for that. And, you know, we're in the throes of filming and like, Jared, we'll pay you this. And he goes, yeah, that doesn't do it for me or something like that. And uh, he's like, the answer is still no. Yeah, the answer is still no. (laughs) And then he thought, oh, what if they would donate that to fight for the forgotten? Are you serious? Yes. So we talked to him, uh, the PR person, public relations, and goes, look, if you want me to do these, don't even give me the money. Y'all donate it to fight for the forgotten. Oh, my. And they go, oh, we'll have to talk to legal or this or that or whatever, which is really awesome that they did and were open-minded to it. Mm -hmm. And then they got approval. And then so thank you to the CW for donating to fight for the forgotten in a big and meaningful way. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Jared, for being an advocate for us. But to get to Misha Collins. Yeah. Misha Collins, a co-star, an incredible actor, also a poet. He just wrote a book. I know. I kind of flipped through it. It looks very interesting. Yeah, a book of poetry, a book of poems. Um, and he started randomacts.org. This guy, before he got into being an actor, worked at the White House. I saw that. And yeah. then in PR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... He has started Random Acts and they've done some incredible work around the world and their whole thing, which is really cool about nonprofits. A lot of times you pigeonhole yourself like a water well drilling, you know, they can only drill water wells or do sanitation hygiene around that. Um, you know, breast cancer, they're, they're only going to fund stuff like that. What I like about Fight for the Forgotten and Random Acts is Fight for the Forgotten is about anybody that feels forgotten. And that's why it fits so well with bullying prevention exactly. here. And I think we're in bullying prevention month, month right now. And it's like, oh, someone's helping this group. Well, let's let them keep doing what they're doing. Great. And with, for the pygmies, no one was helping them. So we will step in Raiden when he felt alone and forgotten and, uh, you know, we stepped in. Yeah. So that's kind of our criteria is um, how do we help those that aren't being helped? How do we serve those that aren't being served? 
And for random acts, it's just anyone wanting to do anything great, a random act of kindness, and they will fund it. Hence the word random. Random. <laughs> random. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Which is really great of this organization. Mm-hmm. And it looks like uh, we will potentially be getting, they still have a, a board to vote uh, on this, and but they kickstarted the belief in me to let's do this. Let's do it now. I had a great call with Misha for well over an hour and I've had a couple of calls with him. Jennifer has been helping out so much with their organization and encouraging me. And have you thought of it this way? Have you thought of it that way? Because they've built a school and it started by just funding school buses, like a school bus to get to these kids to school. Then they're like, we, they need a new school. So they built them the most sustainable building in all of Nicaragua an incredible school that serves those that were pregnant, who, which in Nicaragua, if you get pregnant, you can't go to school. Mm-hmm. So they started one that, yes, you can, that you can come to this one. Oh. And uh, I think that's part of the thing that just to address that really quick yeah. is just do something, 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 even if it's saying something, even if it's a video, even if it's trying to put one act in, start a GoFundMe. I don't know what it is, but just, just something. It tends to grow and domino effect and you don't know where it's going to lead. So yeah. just like give it a shot. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, people will come up to me sometimes and ask, well, I can't do this or I can't do that. And you've done something that in their eyes might be pretty big. And I said, well, it didn't start there. No, that's the whole point. Yeah, like, you like, we're like, I don't think I can do anything. I'm, okay, fine. I'll be a voice, you yeah, know? And like, yeah, it was just like yeah. as simple as that. There's a quote I love. It says, no act of kindness, no matter how small ever goes wasted. Ooh, I like that. And that's what really inspired me to start mm-hmm. somewhere. And uh, this actually ties right into Project Cure. Um but to say with Misha real quick before we get there is Misha and the team said that they could potentially fund $350,000 or so or more in building this hospital. So having that potential that might come through in January, I was like, who do I know that can help build this hospital or outfit it? And when, if we go back to that quote real quick, no act of kindness, no matter how small, ever goes wasted. I started small 10, 11 years ago and started at the Denver Children's Hospital, Colorado's uh, Children's Hospital, Children's Hospital, Colorado in Aurora. And I started at a, like a at-risk youth group and then the homeless shelter and stuff like that. But why was I inspired to do that? I was at the lowest of lows in my life. I was 23 years old. I attempted suicide. I was... In the throes of addiction. Was this when you disappeared for? Yeah, two months. Oh, wow. Two months? I two thought months. it was one month. Yeah, there was another one month. Oh, but wow. This babe. was two, two months. I was hitchhiking from drug house to drug house in Colorado. Okay. And I woke up with an overdose and a guy was uh, cupping the back of my head. And he was just saying, Justin, you got to drink. You got to drink. And there was this plastic bottle of water. And I just remember going just like crushing the whole thing. And half of it went in my mouth, half of it went over me. And I looked at this gentleman and I was like, who are you? And he goes, who am I? Who am I? You've been staying in my house. You've been eating my food. You've been using my drugs. Like, what do you mean? Who am I? Justin, you just almost died. And I was 
so fearful. I had no recollection of any of it. Zero. Not even like a hazy memory. None of it? None of it. None of it. And I was like there for like two weeks. Wow. Yeah. It was like two weeks erased from my memory. I don't know if it's because of that overdose or if it was because I was just that gone, but Oxycontin and other things. And, but I had missed, uh, I got a voicemail from Mm -hmm. my best friend. He said, I can't believe you missed my wedding. Can't believe my best man didn't show up. It was because I was missing for eight weeks. I didn't intend to miss his wedding and I didn't intend to leave a dark cloud over that special moment. And everyone was worried about me. Anyways, I came out of that and I met a friend named Jace. Jace Jackson, he is to me a big bright light. He's a he's a young man that went through bullying, like I've gone through bullying. We had a really special moment where there's like a reconciliation and stuff with him and his uh bully from the past. Um and anyways, Jace brought me to his grandpa's house. And I was like, cool, I'll go to your grandpa's house for like Irish dinner or Irish breakfast. And um What's an Irish breakfast? Sounds like it involves alcohol, frankly. Yeah. Well, this, I don't know if this did, but I don't think so. And, uh, well, they had their gooseberry jam that you just had I in did. Colorado. It's so, really uh, good. Like this red currant stuff they had. Anyways, it was just, it was Irish. And um, it was about 10, 11 years ago. So I'd be making it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but it's really good. But his home was like a museum. And, he started the largest nonprofit in the world for medical supplies and they sent it to 138 countries and he had been to 150 countries and he was like a pioneer and he used to be super rich and wealthy and he gave it all away. And he, 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 he started the world's most impactful medical supply nonprofit called project cure C period U period R period E Mm -hmm. Dr. James Jackson. And he's 80 now, but I met him when he was like 69 or 70. And that man was a world changer and it started small and he just inspired me to just start small, start where you're at, use what you have, where you are to get what you need and what you want to do. I was like, wow. And he told me about the quality of relationships. And so that's what inspired me to be at the children's hospital. That's what, and I was in the darkest time of my life and I was just like, whoa, impacted by this man, his story, his family. Uh, and I just watched them and they invited me over again and invited me over again. And I'm like, literally just a fighter, just a knucklehead that's using and not doing much with his life. Um, but they saw something in me and they, uh, when fight for the freedom came around, Ah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, (laughs) darling. But they donated to fight for the forgotten the first time. Uh, they've helped me send me there for a year. They inspired me to start Fight for the Forgotten. What's so cool is I'll I'll just go ahead and say what's happened was we went up there this last weekend. Yeah, to Denver. To Denver. Mm -hmm. And they decided to donate a minimum of $1.5 million of medical supplies to outfit and equip our hospital we're going to build in Uganda. Which has one of the top five, but they said it might be the first or second worst country in the world for child and mother mortality during labor. Mm-hmm. They've already worked on that some. They have. Mm-hmm. And but then the work had to stop. But yeah, uh, but because of their partner, we sure are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. The CEO, Doug Jackson, the son of 
my inspiration and mentor, uh, James Jackson, has done incredible things over the last 33 years, both of them. But Doug has taken it to new heights, and and he's been an inspiration to me. And along the way, I would go have meetings up in Colorado with him, and it would inspire me to keep going. Mm-hmm. And it's been 10 years in the making for me to be able to ask them to help me support this, support the people I love, the Batwa Pygmy people. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you saw it. I was in happy tears. Well, because not only that. You have another partner too. Yeah. Engineers Without Borders and Bernard. Bernard uh, Amade. Yeah. Who Bernard founded Amade. Engineers Without Borders. Yeah, 17,000 engineers is what he leads. Mm-hmm. So he met us there too. Yeah. I mean, like we were sitting around with some Stats. greatness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think you pointed out, or maybe one of them, but that there was three TED Talks in the room or something <laughs> like that. Three. Mine's uh, <laughs> just hasn't three manifested yet. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I really think it, you know. You, you helping, I think what took, what helped me with Project Cure and Engineers Without Borders is they know my story and they've seen what we've done and how committed we are. But I think they also love seeing the beginning inspiration because I can relate to that with you and then them Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Whenever you saw the baby scales and it was melting your heart and the baby cribs and talking about potentially starting fight for her. Yeah. Potentially we're going to, we're going to, you're right. Yeah. Just, I've wanted to do something for women mm-hmm. because we have it pretty easy over here. I mean, not that there's not problems. There are, mm-hmm. especially in Texas, but uh, there's, there's no reason we have to pick and choose. We can do yeah. more than one thing. And I, uh, I'm very excited. In fact, can I just speak to that for a second? Sure. Okay. Well, you were just talking about starting small. We were talking about doing anything and people might be listening to this and still feeling like, oh my God, what can I do? And I would just want to say like, I've been there. And mm. <laughs> so I listened to this app, Think Up, which yeah, yeah, we yeah. are not sponsored by, but we should be. And what you do on Think Up is you record your own affirmations and then you listen to yourself say them. And I recorded this whole vision of what I wanted my life to look like. And I did it before we even met. Right. And in that vision, I wrote it out first. I just, I just did everything. I threw everything in there, just like what a day would feel like and worked on listening to it and feeling it in order to really have it come to fruition. Right. And yeah. so uh, in there, I be say, reminded and be reminded it. of it. Yeah. And so in there, in that affirmation visualization, I said, and I have a foundation that helps women across the globe and mm. donates millions of dollars to help people transform their lives. Yeah. And I, uh, I had absolutely zero idea how that would ever, ever come about. And so, you know, now I'm sitting here a year and a half later. And it actually is something that is going to happen. And that's amazing. So if you don't know where to start, just write it down. Just write down your dream. Maybe say it out loud. Say it to a friend. Just start to put it out there. And we don't know what forces might come to our aid. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to encourage people to do that because I really am on the complete side of your listeners and everybody that's feeling like, I don't know what I can do. (laughs) You literally can do anything anywhere for anyone that you are called to. It can be here, there, or anywhere or everywhere that you feel called. 
Now, when it's everywhere it just, and it's it's sporadic, like you might not have as much impact, but 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 start somewhere. And I was like a shotgun, just spread out, and now I have a laser focus, and and it's happening. But I had to have that experience to be like, you know what? These children's hospitals are amazing, and I love these kids with cancer and being by their bedside and willing willing them around. But oh my gosh, this is really really hard, and. Oh, I'm called over here for some reason now, and now I'm back over here. But now there's like this laser focus, and you know, I I, I want to impact people that are in homelessness if I if someone is drawn to me or I'm drawn to them. But it wasn't my calling to be on the front lines, boots on the ground at a homeless shelter. It just wasn't. And I, I've done right. Thanksgivings and and served turkey and all that stuff in Vegas and Denver and Dallas, and and it was good experience and it was good. In the moment, it was the right thing to do. Well, you saw the but, things that were coming your way, right? Yeah. And then if you just trust those things, like you said yes to those things that were naturally flowing. Yeah. And you just trust those. And pretty soon they all fit together. Yeah. Just like Andy Bo, mm. just like this whole mission, just like you're like, oh, my gosh, hospitals. Wow. And then this flows and yeah. then you feel so good and mm. you're like, okay, mm. I guess this is all fitting together and turning into this yeah. like focus. Want to talk about. All of it coming together. I am so grateful. I just left on it. Jim ATX in Austin, Texas. Worked out with Coach John Wolf and our friend in studio, Chris Murphy. If you haven't seen his story, Miracle Smile Chris on my Instagram at the Big Pygmy. But on it has been so good to us from their coaches to their whole entire staff. I get to work out with their staff. On Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays at 1.30 p.m. But guess what? They have a 30% off right now at onit.com slash overcome. That's specifically on one of my favorite products, which is Total Human. This is a morning and night support pack that you can just know that you're getting some of the best fuel for your body at one of the most cost-effective rates. It provides immune, cognitive, mood, and vitality support. Oh, it, it does. And it's got some of their best products from the entire lineup of the Onnit brand. If you're going to start somewhere, maybe start there. And if you're going to travel like I travel, I mean, it's just easy. It just takes all the pills, pill bottles out of the mix. You don't, you don't even have, have to, to buy the pill bottles. No. They just <laughs> send you this box. It's pretty awesome. It's beautiful. I, I, I keep it literally just on the counter. Because it's it's beautiful looking. It's and probably it's got, so much less waste than buying the bottles. Just yeah. having those little packs. Yeah, and it's got inspiring quotes on the packs, morning and night. Who doesn't love that? I love it. I love it. What else they got on that website right there? Well, you're modeling one today. A ooh, cute ooh. new shirt. I'm sweaty. I just came from there. Honestly, training. That's one of my favorite on it shirts I've seen on you. They have a black it's, one, but you have on like the. Is this red and yellow? It's beautiful um, because it I don't is, know what color you're seeing, but yes, it is like a reddish, like a deep red, kind of a fall red. It's got a university kind of throwback. To me, it looks varsity like the Iowa State Cyclones, which I was recruited there. <laughs> and given a scholarship to, and I was a medical redshirt for only one year, but <laughs> then I went to the Ultimate Fighter TV show and on it has supporting this podcast. We're so grateful for them, but they are also supporting Fight for the Forgotten. I love them. Thank you so much. Thank you for the connections, Joe Rogan. Thank you for the connections, Aubrey Marcus. 
Thank you for the connections, Juan and John and the entire team there because you are supporting this podcast grow. And so please, if you're a listener and you haven't tried Alpha Brain, Alpha Brain Black Label, I think or you just chugged shots, one before we started recording. I literally chugged the whole thing. Was it just one Alpha I Brain? I had What'd Alpha Brain and I had their Hydratech. Mm-hmm. I love the hydration uh, packets that they have. So I'm giving you a few different things to use. Their focus shots, total human, save yourself 30%. Save yourself 10% on anything on onit.com slash overcome. And you'll be supporting this podcast and fight for the forgotten and me. But most of all, you will be supporting yourself by having the best products on the market. You really will. It's and really it's cool, too, because if you go to onit.com, they have a whole like bar across the top that says overcome with Justin Wren special. Like, yeah. babe, do you realize that? That's so cool. Isn't that great? Yes. Onit.com slash overcome. I love it. Easy. Just go to onit.com slash overcome. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. And let's get back to this happiest weekend of my life for Project Cure to commit. 1.5 million to the hospital build out at least at least. And what does that mean? It's a minimum of three shipping containers that are not the normal shipping containers, but 40 foot long. At oh, least really? What's double. a regular one? 20. Oh yeah. So those shipping containers you see that they build yeah, yeah, the yeah. little yeah, buildings yeah. with, those are 20 foot. Those oh, are the standard ones. Okay. Most of them are 40 feet. Right. Or, I mean, project here's are only 40. These feet. are it's the like long a, ass ones you see like on are, that freighter. Yeah. That are yeah. on the ships that mm-hmm. are on the back of a, a 18 wheeler. That's like yeah, yeah. the long ones. And so what is awesome about this is it's going to be filled to the brim of pre and post part on beds, incubators, baby scales, maybe x-ray machines, um, delivery beds, uh, they're so conscious stuff. about what they send. Yes. They're so, um, do a needs assessment. they do a needs assessment. And one of the things that moved me about seeing the scales and stuff was just that he pointed out, Oh, a lot of places don't have electricity. And so, you know, or the electricity goes out or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they're so they have battery operated stuff. Like yeah. what do we need to send to these mm-hmm. people in particular? Well, they have that hydraulic that is hydraulics. able to move somebody mm-hmm. that's big that they can't, you know, like some of our things. Like a car and, and, jack, basically. Yeah, a car jack mm-hmm. to pick someone up that's incapable of moving, right? It, maybe it's uh, off the operating table. Yeah. Right. And uh, they don't have like an electronic one like we do here in the States. And it's not going to plug into some things. So they, they got to literally carjack them up and move mm-hmm. them around. It's a good reality check. Oh my gosh. For me, because I go, oh my gosh, of course. Right. Of yeah. course. So that's, I, I just found that really interesting. Well, I think, I think it would be really interesting. I, I wanted to give Bernard some props because Bernard, and, and I want to get back to something that Bernard's really, amazing. Bernard is incredible. Started engineers without borders 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. No, I think it was 01. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago. And no, you're right. Uh, I believe he even said that in his talk we watched. I think so. And he leads 17,000 engineers around the world. And whenever he went to university, he was taught how to build for basically the top 1% or the top 10%, you know, mm-hmm. millionaires, billionaires that, uh, you know, big buildings that are going to make big profits and that are going to you know, be office buildings and things like that on with great views. But what he said was lacking 20 years ago was that there wasn't any sustainable 
Development or Sustainable Engineering Departments at American Universities. He was at the University of Colorado Boulder. And And still is. Still is. And uh, now he works with all sorts of universities like the University of New Mexico. I think he helped start Peace Engineers there and has, uh, anyways, influence or relationship with, uh, I think, Duke University, potentially Yale, who might help on this project. What? Uh, And (laughs) that just blows my mind. It really does. But Bernard helped us build the homes because of our friends at Conscious Coalition who helped us with women's empowerment, uh, conscious leadership, conflict resolution training in Bundabugio, uh, the, the district we work at in Uganda. And so he was already in on this project. But to honor him and his story, I hope it's okay to share that that he he lost his beautiful, brilliant, dynamic wife in 2019, which was really hard. And then COVID struck. And, you know, for him to tell us that he's going to retire in a year or two, but he's all in on this and he wants to help us build a hospital and right next to it, I forgot about saying the school and right next to that, a multicultural center. And then with these water towers, how about we have the wastewater go out into the agriculture so that it's like irrigation uh, and helps the 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 land grow better crops or it gets the wastewater away to a safe distance so mosquitoes aren't collecting in a place that malaria is a hotbed. Mm-hmm. Something really intentional we we've got to be be conscious of. And he is. Yes. You know, he's been around the block in so many ways. So <laughs> for him to yeah, he's the, been big, around the some, big block of the world. Crazy blocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh anyways, it just it blows me away that I got to that we got to share our hearts with these two that they got to hear about you with, um, you know, fight for her and mm-hmm. see that they can get behind someone right at the beginning and stoke that flame, mm-hmm. that ember and help it come to fruition. And I think that, um, you know, the women's women's empowerment there is something that, it's 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 unique because I feel like in most of the pygmy communities I've ever been in, with the Batwa, the Uganda, uh, and Uganda, the Mabuti in Congo, or the FA in Congo, that those husbands are really good husbands for the most part, and they're really good dads. I feel like in certain tribes or cultures, um, the women aren't respected as much there. And so for us to be able to come in and support the most discriminated um, and help with women's equality for them, but also the greater community, that we're going to have a safe hospital that I think, I think Project Cure said in three different districts or countries or hospitals at least, that they were able to reduce ch- child and mother mortality by like 28%. Another one was like 44, 46%. We may have those one numbers was, wrong, but it's, a, it's high. Another one was 50 or 52%. I remember mm-hmm. I'm going through those three and I was like, wait, what? And I might have those a little off, but I think mm-hmm. they were around that. And he said that they could really help us whenever, say in America, five women might die in labor out of 100,000. Mm-hmm. But in Uganda, it might be 2,500. Yeah. And that is a big difference. And the part that you 
were like, whoa, about the midwives. Yeah, you know, and it's just interesting because it goes it goes back. So these men are good husbands uh, and they're going to be better husbands because they have women who aren't spending their lives pregnant Mm. because the women were having what, seven or nine children in order to have three that lived. So what if they only had to go through three pregnancies and have three children that lived? Mm -hmm. Then their relationship with him is going to be strengthened with their husband, their education, their everything they do is going to be stronger because they're not spending their life and all that time doing that. And so we're training, we're going to train the midwives, which is what they've done before to uh, understand the first moment, the first 60 seconds of birth, you know, yeah. when a child has uh, ap- that apnea, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Well, one, one of the apneas whenever they're born without breathing mm-hmm. and the other is they start breathing and then they stop. stop. And you have 60 seconds to, mm-hmm. you know, them breathing it's functional. like that old thing where the doctor slap would the slap the baby on the, the butt. butt. Yeah. yeah. And or so turn it over or, uh, they have different protocols. Yeah. So they, they, they just don't need- know them there. No, they don't know them. So they just need simple training. And they think that they were born stillborn. Yeah. And Heartbreaking. That they're just, and that they're just dead. Yeah. Whenever they, if they knew mm-hmm. these small little tactics or techniques, yeah. they could be saving babies' lives. And mothers, you and know, mothers as well. when there's bleeding. And mm-hmm. anyway, so this is a really basic reproductive thing, natal yeah. care. And it can spill out into every facet of their lives. Yeah. I mean, so two things on that. I think in the United States, there's a statistic. We don't have your computer up and that's okay. I've got my phone. What do you need? I think that divorce rates whenever a child dies is somewhere around 80 or 90%. I don't know if it's and that high, but it is high. It's pretty high. Mm-hmm. And so I might be wrong on on that. And I'll, I'll admit that, but it's, it's more than 50%. It's one of the hardest things people can go through. Right. And, um, it's 72%. Is 72%. What this okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that is a tragedy. And the thing is, is that we have a lot more resources here. Um, and have therapists and counselors and good homes and all that other stuff. Now, what's unique is, you know, divorce isn't as common in Africa. And I've seen like Mama Miriamo, who lost five of her seven children due to waterborne disease. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've seen others that, you know, they had two sets of twins and they're telling me about their two sets of twins. And I have two of the twins sitting on, you know, both knees and I'm looking at them and I'm like, uh, you know, they, they don't, they don't look alike. Where's the other twins, all that other stuff. Well, one survived from each of them. You know? Damn. And, uh, like to know that, that they'll be healthier, happier, um, and not go through as much trauma, both physically and emotionally. And then, well, we have, we have that care in the world. Yeah. So we take it for granted. Yeah. So uh, let's give it to these people. Let's give it to people that really need it. Can you, can you share why this hits home for you? Oh, well, you know, uh, like we were talking about with your voice, you know, do you feel like maybe you don't have a story that is impactful? Well, you do whatever it is. And I, it just came to me this weekend that, you know, I had a really hard birth with my first child. I tried to have natural childbirth because I was like, 
idealizing the whole thing and romanticizing it. No one's giving awards for that. So anyway, I mean, I just wanted to do what was right for my kid. Right. But whatever, I needed drugs because after about 12 hours of labor or yeah, it was about 12 hours. I was just crying and in pain. I had an uncooperative cervix, which you don't want that. (laughs) And, and so it was 17. She was turned the wrong wrong way. It was 17 hours of labor. Yeah. She was turned the wrong way. 17 hours of labor. Yeah. And after your water breaks, if it Uh, goes over 24, you risk rate of infection. So they have to do a C-section. Just, just, uh, just speaking to all the men out there, we cannot relate to that. <laughs> you women are so tough. You're so strong. Y'all wouldn't make I it get, through menstrual cramps. <laughs> uh, I am a professional MMA fighter. I get punched for a living. But no, I do not want to go through childbirth. That sounds yeah. brutal. Well, the point was. It sounds brutal. 17 hours. Yeah, it was rough. And somehow the epidural like crept into my face. I don't know. Anyway. I thought, I thought climbing <clears throat> Mount Kilimanjaro in the summit day. 20 hours climbing up to 19,341 feet. I would kind of rather do that than go through. Yeah, me too. That's what I'm saying. I thought that was tough and maybe it is, but the, the cheesy women are like, it's rewarding at the end. Superheroes during that moment, during that day. Although then you're exhausted for like four years straight. But (laughs) the, the point is we had medical care. Yeah. At our fingertips that we take for granted. Probably saved yours or Sydney's life. I mean, if I had been in a covered wagon in the old West, you know, in the 1800s, who knows, right? What if you were in Uganda and all you had was natural birth? Right. That's all you could do. Right. So we take these things for granted. For them, they squat over a hole. And we get on a bit of a mm, high horse about it, I think, because, you know, we're like, oh, but. I want to have an at-home birth in the tub, you know, whatever it is. You know what? There are people who would give anything for good medical care. And so. And it's not to shame anybody, but it's to open our horizons. Yes. Expand our horizons. It's just to understand that we are able to do that as a privilege because we have a hospital down Mm -hmm. the road, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can get there if we need to. And so how lucky are we? So I'm not faulting anyone for feeling that way, but I am saying, let's just pay attention to the privilege that we have. And what can we do to give these necessities, as I'm going to call them necessities. Yeah. Human rights. Mm -hmm. Human rights. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. You're already passionate about fight for her. Well, you mentioned it months and months ago and said, oh, we had thought about doing this initiative and it just stuck with me. And I was Mm. like, oh, Wow, I I love that. You know, yeah. I just I just want to help women. Yeah. Well, we're going to. Yeah. And if you're a listener of the show, you are helping already. Reason being is we give a portion of our proceeds from this non from this podcast to our nonprofit and hot pie supports absolutely five percent mm-hmm. uh, that goes straight to fight for the forgotten. Mm-hmm. Which they I'm so grateful for hot pie. And this. Well, I mean, it started all here with you, even us falling in love <laughs> at Hot Pie. We met in Sedona. We're at this very table, honey. Wow. There's like some magic in this table. What kind of wood is this? Where did it come from? Palo Santo sure or some... <laughs> particle board. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so thank you, Hot Pie. Thank you to our listeners. Um, This matters. And. 
it's the legacy I hope this podcast leaves. Yeah. Is that you can overcome your darkest days, your greatest struggle, the tragedies of grief, of loss, of regret, and you can just do the next right thing. And it feels good. It feels so good. good. And I just want to say too, I think sometimes people can get caught up. I know you've had comments before on stuff. And people say, oh, but there's so much you can do right here. You don't even have to pick and choose. You know, you can do good stuff there. You can do good stuff here. It's all possible. Yeah. Well, every dark nook and cranny on this earth, I think, deserves light and love. I like that, honey. The vision statement of Fight for the Forgotten is defeat hate with love. Mm -hmm. And what I love is in Uganda, they've kind of reversed that and they say, Love defeats hate. And it's like, yeah, either way, defeat hate with love and love defeats hate. And so just do it for the person next to you. Actually, do it for yourself. Do it for yourself first. If you, like me, have struggled at times, whether it's depression or addiction or just you goofed up and you heap some hate on yourself some self-hatred, self-loathing, or just you get down and out and you feel like you deserve to be punished and isolate, not call people back and kind of put yourself in time out. Uh, Look in the mirror and tell yourself you love yourself. What you encourage me to do, Amy, it helps. You know all the other side of it all too well. Yeah. Darkness Darkness isn't good for any of us to live in. We're no. meant to live in community. We're meant to live. We're meant to live a life of love and compassion and to put it in action. And so, you know, I I love. So to bring it back to Random Max, our potential partner that could help fund this thing, mm-hmm. at least a big portion of it, is Random X. We have we have our program, Heroes in Waiting which is it's bullying prevention month and it's our stateside initiative. We've been in over a hundred public schools and we've been in over a hundred martial arts academies. And we have this free program that is a 12 week course, 12 week training for kiddos. And uh, it's 12 weekly hero challenges. And you know, there's different ones, but to relate it to random acts is one is go out and complete a random act of kindness, write down what you did, journal it, come report back and how it made you feel. Later, there's now go out and do a secret random act of kindness. Nobody needs to know about it. Just you, you know? And in the program, we report back to it and how'd that feel? You know, they didn't know you did it. What was their look? Did you even notice? Did you you get the opportunity? You're not always going to get the opportunity to know how they responded. No. It's great when you do. And actually, that's a great thing, actually, to not know, to just just let it go. This was the right thing. And, but... You know, it's, I think a hero, which anybody can be, is just seeing the need and taking action. And you don't need it for Instagram likes or even podcast views, which we want podcast views. We want this to inspire the world and inspire you who are listening. But that's not what it's about. It's about doing the right thing. It's about creating change. It's about living your best life right now 
which honestly is making this world better. Yeah, make your own life better. You'll make this world better. You're using what you got to add value. Mm. Mm. Like that? Yeah. Use what you got <laughs> to add value. And you don't need money to do it. No. I mean, we need some donations. Absolutely. And we have our fight club and anybody can join for $5 a month or more. We'll do some special things, send you a shirt and some wristbands. But this is the thing. I'm not making an ask right here. I'm trying to tell you or you, Amy, or me, what I needed to be told. Tell me. I need to be told all the time. Is people will tell me, uh, actually, you know, Chris is even in the room right now. And uh, Chris, if you didn't check my Instagram and see Miracle Smile Chris and see what Dr. Dave Frank did and how this whole story came together. It's Chris's first time in studio. Oh, Welcome, Chris. Is it really? It is. Oh, wow. And he helps us pull clips yes, for YouTube and my Instagram and social media. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember Chris saying it, and I'm not just pointing you out, brother, because this has been told to me a hundred or more times. He's saying he remembers it. He's like, I, but I don't have the money or when the money comes in or I can't donate a million dollars or I'm not rich and just have it to give away. Like. And it's like, yeah, neither do I. And neither do a lot of people. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, you give of yourself. Yeah. And when you give of yourself, the provision comes. When you have a big vision, I think there's going to be big provision. And when you put yourself out there to just anybody and anything, when you can help, like, who was it? Uh, like, I think it was Zuby saying that, you know, when someone is out pushing a car, like one person, you know, other people would get out and help. And I think there might only be one or two times when it was unsafe and on the other side of the median that I didn't get out to help someone push their car. It's like, that didn't take any money. It doesn't really. Yeah. And we were talking about voice. Like, yeah, use your voice. voice, be an advocate for yeah. whatever you're passionate yeah. about. Give a you minute. Can, you Give can a be a social justice warrior, but just don't be a douchebag one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like Give whatever your, you're passionate about, like do it in a kind, compassionate Give your way. Kindness. Give your kindness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, I speak up for people, but I think, I think some people are doing that virtue signaling sometimes where it's, they, they say it's about what does this that mean, purpose. A virtue signaling? It means you know showing what? up. I don't, I don't know Let's if I'm even up. properly saying it. So it I don't want to be I'm quoted. Look like, I got it. Whoa, I got it. You're not watching on YouTube. I just got a new tattoo, a sleeve. Uh, I just saw, my, saw it on myself. I'm like, whoa. Virtue signaling definition. The think, action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or the moral correctness of one posi- one's position on a particular issue. I think it, it's making it about you. And yeah, not really it is. About like, what it's matters. like showing off, I think. Yeah. Like, oh, look at me. I'm, yeah. you know, hashtag. It's like the person that says how humble they are. I'm so, I'm so humble. humble. You I'm still haven't listened to that song. I haven't. I need to listen to it. What was it on? It's on uh, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping from Andy Samberg. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's I need to. I, I love Andy. He's great. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I don't know why I went off on that. The okay, thing anyway. is, like, the, the, the reason is like, do it in an appropriate, passionate, and start small and watch the ripple effect. The ripple effect is something that I treasure and I value because it means the breath in my lungs matters whenever I recognize the breath in somebody else's matters too. Mm-hmm. And when I get to give or get to impact or get to encourage 
whether it's something tangible that they can take with them for the rest of their life, whether it's some sort of knowledge that they can use. Um, and it's a good spot to look within yourself and find, you know, am I judging? What am I, you know, am I judging myself? Am I looking at myself from a place of lack? Am I judging others? And a good chance to just drop all that and just go, all right, where can I just be kind and add value Yeah, and not be judging or figuring out? Cause like, you know, even we've had some times where we were strapped for cash and, yeah. um, and, um, yes, we have. <laughs> and, you know, still, if I have something in my wallet, I want to give it to somebody on the street because I've seen you do that. You have seen me do that. And I've seen um, you do it whenever the same day you're talking about financial struggles I and know. then you see someone on the side of the road that's, and I don't know what they're going to spend it on, but I don't care. It just yeah. is about giving and not judging and yeah. trusting that what you give comes back to you, yeah. but not even for it, not even for it to come yeah. back to you. Just, I just think, to do it, just to yeah, give. Just to do it. I think, I think here's, here's something we can have a conversation about because okay. I agree with you. But I also think that opportunity is greater than charity. And it's easy for us to give a handout. It's harder for us to give a hand up. But there's one that has more payoff long term. And there's one that in the short term might help. But there's a great book that inspired me called When Helping Hurts. Mm-hmm. And it really challenges people to think about. Um, your good intent, your good deed, is it going to help or is it going to hurt in the long run? And so what I mean by that is there's a lot of charities. I'll I'll take it to water. There are over 230,000 broken wells in Africa right now. That is billions of wasted charitable dollars with a B, billions. Mm -hmm. And it's because some big organizations went in there and they didn't train any locals and they had a quota to hit with millions or tens of millions or billions of dollars to drill these wells. Probably not billions, but they have to hit a quota, punch holes in the ground, get going. They don't have any relationships. They don't know the community. No one has a way to follow up. No one's been trained. It's too expensive to fix. No one has the knowledge to fix it. So whenever it breaks, it's disempowering. I hear you. It robs them of dignity. They've never got to take part in the change. There's fathers in that community that for damn sure want to provide clean water for their wife and their kids. And they've got every bit of fortitude and strength and they have a good enough brain to learn how to do it. They might even be smarter than that well driller engineer that's there. They just need to be taught how to fish. And then they need to be taught how to create a marketplace for that fish. Like Bernard said, right? Yeah. Like after they learn how to do that, that's why our teams Guess what? It's their business. It's not fight for the forgotten. We don't own that. Mm-mm. We're not. There are team leaders that we fund, but it's their business. Right. I couldn't go in there and shut them down. I don't want to. If they ever make me mad, I hope they continue to drill wells. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, You're like right. If we ever You're have right. this broken relationship, I hope mm-hmm. you continue to serve your community. I don't think we will, but mm-hmm. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, so it's theirs. And so what I mean by that is there's some companies that go in there and they'll, I I really won't try to single anybody out. Let's think about clothes and they go in there and they open up, crack open a container and it's filled of all American donated clothes. And now everybody's got three, four 
shirts. They've got five, six pants. They've got two, three, four pairs of shoes. But in their local market, their local economy, man, there's somebody that was trying to sell clothes. There's I've heard somebody that, that was trying to yeah. sell. I've, I've seen a cobbler shut down. I've heard that. A guy that cleaned shoes and a guy that repaired shoes. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't living month by month. He wasn't living week by week. He was living day by day. And whenever everybody in his community had numerous pairs, he had to pick up and move because he couldn't feed his family, couldn't pay their school fees. He had to pick up and move to a community that was further away, harder to reach, but also had less people to serve. Right. You need so that sustainability. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's a great challenge for us with this hospital is that yeah, I do the too. most important thing that is needed are locals need to be empowered. We got to equip them with the tools, the equipment for the, the hospital. Knowledge. We got to educate them with the knowledge uh-huh. and we got to empower them to be the change they want to see in their community. Yeah. We're going to get to do it. I don't even know if I talked about the other million dollars from Project Cure, where they said they would send upstream to not. a partner hospital. You did not. So guess what? One of the reasons we get to have a solution, that, uh, a, think about a solution ahead of time, is this will be a new hospital in a new community where we're going to have to attract doctors, nurses, pharmacists, uh, and they will be sent there by the Ugandan officials who say they are going to fund it, fund the staffing at least. Because we're building the building and we're supplying the, the, uh, the equipment. They're going to supply the bodies, the people, the compassionate hearts that matter. For us to have a relationship with the hospital, which will do trainings for our doctors, nurses, and pharmacists, and that we could send patients to, if they have a need that we can't serve at that hospital, we'll be able to send them off to another hospital that we partner with. Because Project Cure is going to donate a million dollars to a hospital that's been around longer, that maybe has a more a few more resources, but maybe they're lacking in the state of the art or newer American made hospital equipment. Or just like when we toured their warehouse, there's so much so equipment. Much. There's so much to think about that mm. we like, and I guess are unless you're in the medical business, you don't really think about uh, so much wheelchairs. Um, what about, what about actual mattresses? Whenever I had malaria, I had to lay on a, uh, they really wanted me to lay on the bed, but there wasn't a mattress. It was just springs. And whenever I laid on it, I was about to break that thing. I kept telling them over 250 pounds. This isn't a bed made for me. (laughs) And this this bed's old, probably from like the sixties. Those beds that they had in the warehouse at Project Cure cost more than a car. Yeah. They're like $50,000 beds. They had anywhere from like what? Some of the basic beds were like 15000 They had other mm-hmm. ones that were 35000 They had other ones that were over $50,000. That will show you when somebody, like an, an elderly person that's getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, when the nurse tells them, do not get up, push this button, let me know, I'll come help you out of bed. But that person that's stuck in their ways or whatever, just stubborn. Like I probably would be crotchety. I don't want to wake them up. I don't want to bother them. I can get to the bathroom. They fall and break their hip. Right. And then (laughs) they say that people might really hurt themselves. And then from an older person having a broken hip, their chance of dying from whatever they're dealing with goes up astronomically. And so, uh, anyways, this hot, this thing, 
will let them know when they move, like before they're ever getting up and out of bed, when they're shifting position, the nurse will be notified. It seems like they're making whatever movements to actually get up. They'll be notified. They'll be able to run in the bed without even the person letting them know. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's just cool because Stryker made so many extra beds because of COVID. 22,000 beds. Oh, you have such a good memory. Yeah, 22,000. You've already given away 11,000. I cannot remember numbers. Uh, Yeah. So a lot. Mm-hmm. And so Project Cure got a ton of them donated from Stryker. And now they have all these beds to donate to. They were to. brand new. They weren't yeah. ever used before. They're, yeah. So they and have they used are, equipment. They have brand new stuff. But just yeah. the sheer volume of stuff that they've got. Well, they've got seven warehouses in the yeah. United States. I mean, how amazing was the Denver warehouse? I, I mean, mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, they were getting ready to send a shipment to Cuba. And to Kenya, and we're walking by these things, and I'm just like, whoa. And he's like, yeah, this is for one hospital. <laughs> this will be like what we send to you. And I was like, what? This, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm so excited. You know, um, I, there's a man I love, and his name was Sangule, Captula Sangule. I actually donated, or, uh, uh, it, 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 my book I dedicated. I dedicated to Andy Bo and to the memory of Captula and Sangule and um and little Mo. She was a five year old girl that passed. And Captula literally means shorts. He was the he was the he, he, the, that was his nickname. Sangule was his real name. But Captula basically means uh, he, he was always wearing shorts. He didn't like to wear pants. And so he was the pygmy man that would just wear shorts. And when I met him, he had tuberculosis. And I'll have to show you a picture. It's in my book. Um, oh, then I've probably seen it. Did you see the man that was sitting there? There was like a before and after. Yeah. That's who I thought you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, everyone else called him Captula. I normally called him Sangule. And uh so he was he he was a grandfather. He got to see clean water for the first time, and he was sitting there almost you know lifeless, struggling, starving, one lung completely dead inside of him, not able to bring in any oxygen, filling up with blood and uh, or fluid. Damn. And uh, we took him seven different times. I took him personally, drove him to a hospital seven different times. Stayed with him over the weekend or would stay with him a week and we would sleep on. So they would have just these little foam mats that literally I can fill the concrete through. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're maybe two inches thick at the most. And they only had one in the room for him. And so uh, anyways, he would scoot over against the wall and he would pat, pat the bed and he would make me sleep half of my body on the mattress and half of it off. Or I would even turn my back and his back's against the wall and, and my side is on the bed where he never put his arm around. We were never spooning, but it was just so sweet. You know, he didn't want me sleeping on the yeah. concrete floor. Hey, I've slept on a twin bed with you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big boy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I can you know, he was four foot seven at most, but, um, anyways, there's some how sweet he was. And I got to let him try, soda for the first time and these face filters and we just had a blast and he was getting so much better. And, you know, I came back to the States after you're staying there and he was still continuing to progress. And then just 
one day that, you know, that lung filled of infection now because, you know, they don't know how to remove somebody's lung and do lung transplants and stuff like that. So he passed. I'm just thinking like, you know, I really, really hope uh, that tuberculosis is curable. Yeah, it's a terrible disease and it kills a lot of people. But we've got all the tools, all the technology, and all the medication. Sometimes it just be medication. Sometimes it can be just hygiene, sanitation, hygiene. Um, and I really think we started with clean water because that was the biggest need. Then other things. So I, I guess what I mean is just having the, I guess, all the spokes in the wheel. All the spokes in the wheel, the land, the water, the food, the homes, the toilets, or at least the latrines, hand washing stations, the education from the school, the multicultural center that honors every tribe in the region, the football field or soccer field to where they can host games of reconciliation between tribes that used to oppress them. And then having a hospital that serves the greater community, but that they will never be denied hospital treatment again. Well, my last trip, they were denying people from getting bodies like just weeks before I was there. An old man died and he was denied hospital treatment. Then he died. And then the hospital wouldn't let them collect his body, reclaim his body, a human right to have a funeral. And so that's not going to happen anymore. Mm-mm. Yeah. Might be a year down the road, uh, but I really think it could be sooner. So Overcome Podcast is part of this. On It is part of this. You got your cute shirt on today? I do. I do. It's it's sweaty. I came in here. I've got, I'm rocking my man bun because I had my brony tail, which is a masculine ponytail. You had some sort of other look going on earlier. Well, I, I took know. it out. And then you were like, oh, no. Well, it looked like sort of a <laughs> dog, back. the bounty hunter comb back. Oh, with no. Life. Do I look like dog? Because we were just in Colorado and we're at Bojo's Pizza, <laughs> maybe the best pizza in Colorado. And our waitress called me dog, the bounty hunter. She goes, come on, dog, the bounty hunter. Time to order. Uh, <laughs> look, you're big blonde. You have long hair. So yeah. No. Anyways, um, but anyway, yeah, you it, ha- it was a look. And so anyway, I. I like your bun. Thanks. Well, you put it up. So well, thank I know you. I did it. I did it. Is it a man bun or is it your honey bun? Oh, honey bun. Honey bun. Yeah. <laughs> we Anyways. don't want to make everyone gag. <laughs> uh, I love you. I love you too. And I am so excited that we got to share this on Overcome today. I am too. I yeah. think that this, you know, we'll do more backstory. We'll do my life history. We'll do some great interviews with so many great guests um, from Olympic champions, world champion surfers, Harvard professors, uh, world's leading experts and doctors and New York Times bestselling authors. We got some great guests lined up, comedians, MMA fighters. Uh, there's going to be Hall of Famers in here. That stuff's really, really cool. And those people are really, really great. But we're also going to have some people on this. I want you to get excited because we're going to have some guests with real stories that you might not really know because they're well, that's not the home, thing. Home. Their voice is important. It and is. Their and we're going to share their stories. Yes. And I think what you're always going to be able to walk away with 
is with some hope, some fuel to your fire, that whatever you're going through, you can rise up and you can overcome. Mm -hmm. And that this podcast is going to change lives. It's changing mine. It's changing mine. And I really hope it's changing yours. (laughs) I believe it will. Me too. If you can, please leave us a review on Apple. If you're listening on Apple, or even if you just have an Apple account, please go leave us a review because that will help this show grow. And that will also grow our impact. Follow, rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is. Follow on Spotify, like it on YouTube. Mm -hmm, Why don't you share it on your Instagram story or on Facebook, on Twitter, and we will reshare, retweet. We will. uh, What about our email? Oh, yeah. It's Overcome Podcast at gmail.com. And you know what I haven't checked it lately? We need to check it. And uh, some people have sent in stories. And we're so grateful about that. If you can keep the story, you know, a readable length, you know, let's let's keep it something that we can read. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, um, something really hit the highlights. And we would love to share your Overcome story. Yeah. Um, We'll do that in the intros or outros. And we will give you a voice. Mm -hmm. And who knows? I bet uh, one of those one day will become a guest on the show. Oh, I have no doubt. Several. Will will you want to provide that sort of platform? But please help spread Like we got to hear more. Yeah. <laughs> it just fuels me up. It helps us keep going. And uh, thank you for helping this podcast grow. It means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. And it's going to mean a lot to people that are going to be having babies. That's right. It's going to be great. That's right. It's going to help fund that hospital. And who knows what those people are going to do. The kids that are going through school. These kids that are going through school are going to be able to represent themselves on a national level for the very first time. Yep. Why? Because we're going to remove the excuse that they can't have representation for their tribe because they're uneducated. Boom. Boom. So let's get some of these pygmy kiddos. Oh, that's cool. That's so cool. Let's do it. It's on the way. Might be a decade or two away, but it's coming. Yeah. Big thanks to Onnit. Thank you on it for sponsoring the show. Big thanks to pretty soon. They're going to have a donate button in the checkout cart across all on it products, not just on the over on it.com slash overcome where you save 10%, but all across the board, which is incredible. They'll be matching all those donations. They will. Oh yeah. They match it. So if you go donate through on it or our website now, (laughs) They're going to match um, on onit.com. Mm-hmm. So your $100 will become $200 or your $2 will become $4. That's right. Uh, so give what you can if you feel cult. Mm-hmm. And I think courage is calling to us all to overcome. It's a good spot to end, babe. And I think so too. Yeah. I sure love you. I love you too. Thank you for listening. Much love, every one. Hey, don't forget to send your overcome stories to overcomepodcast at gmail.com. And also rate, review, subscribe, and follow Overcome with Justin Wren.